All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 10 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we got Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, gents? Going good. I don't know if I should like talk like this just to uh, keep going with you. On yeah, I don't know where any of that came no, from. We're doing good. Um, I mean, both our teams are struggling out the gate this year. So not do not doing that awesome. But um, as, as both far you as, and D, yes, me and because my yeah. team's playing. Yeah, Brock's team is surprising people, actually scoring goals, which must be fun. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, do, do, doing okay. It is fun to have prospects for the first time. In oh a long yeah, time. it's crazy. As yeah. someone who's just been prospect watching for years, it uh, yeah, just strap in. And, it's uh, it's obnoxious to think like how bad we've been, and then like now we're just finally getting prospects. I don't know where they've been. It's crazy telling people to add Red Wings and fantasy hockey. I know it feels good. Um, you had some prospects. They're just what some people would classify as busts. Yeah, that that happens too. Yeah, some you know bad decision making. Like let's not draft Jacob Chikrin. Or let's draft Philip Zadina. Yeah. Or yeah. let's draft everybody else saw it coming. The better Sveshnikov. Well, I mean, they didn't have a chance on him, but hey, he still drafted him high. Evgeny was great. Was he? He scored last night. <laughs> yeah. But for not for the wings. Back to back together with Pierre Luc Dubois, their uh, 
Kate Breton screaming Eagles days reunited. Wow, that's a throwback. Didn't know that. That's what's happening out in Winnipeg right yeah, now. Yeah, they played fact. together in Cape Breton, and they were absolutely unbelievable. Watch Svechnikov, Evgeny, again, the one out in Winnipeg, become just a stud and like just be a late bloomer, and Detroit just missed it. Wouldn't be the first time. I mean, to be fair, like Red Wings fans, we actually really liked Evgeny Svechnikov, but just never got a chance. Brock's boy, Blaschel. Yeah. Also liked him. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about him today. Um, all right. On today's show, we are going to take a look at some players who are off to really, really good starts. Yeah. Uh, some players who are off to really, really bad starts. Yeah. Uh, kind of just gauge where everybody stands on them. Uh, whether we think you know some of these guys are worth the pickups. Um, whether or not their own percentage has gotten to a point where it's just you know probably too high not worth adding them in certain leagues. Yeah. Uh, and then the opposite, obviously, for the players who are struggling, you know, basically just kind of gauge where we're at in terms of our, our level con- of concern for some of these players, uh, whether it's just kind of time to cut bait. Um, so I, I believe yeah. in, in recent years, we've called this episode of the show uh, sustainable or unsustainable or something to that effect. Yeah. So we are going to do that today. And we are going to start with... I don't know. What do you guys want to do? Goods or bads first? Let's start with, with the goods. We'll, start, we'll get, get it going on high tempo, really get people excited about their rosters, and then we'll talk about the baddies second. And, uh, all know, right, that works uh, for me. Really shame some people. But <laughs> all yeah, right. You mentioned uh, it, it's, it's, a lot about, it, it's, it's a lot about sustainability with, with a lot of these good players that we have. A lot are very high-owned, but um, I guess more it's should you, in a way, almost should you target them in a trade? Should you not? Can they keep it up? Yada, yada, yada. Take what you want from him. But we're just going to kind of, you know, go over it. Um, yeah. And then if you guys missed it this week, uh, I released a new show uh, as a part of the Daily Faceoff Brock's podcast. Uh, the Monday Report, something we're going to continue to do. Uh, it was 10 minutes this week. Some weeks, I'm sure it will be longer. Some weeks, I'm sure it'll be shorter. But uh, it'll be kind of the same idea every single week. Uh, I'm going to do an episode either Sunday or Monday. Uh, it'll be released Monday morning each time. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of going over, previewing each week, taking a look at at some of the waiver wire pickups early in the week, some streaming options uh, for the week. And, yeah, just something to get your week started a little bit better. And then you'll always have us coming in on Thursday or Friday uh, to really go over everything a little bit more thoroughly. So without any further ado, we are going to start with, oh, my God, these first couple names just get me going. Yeah. Uh, the first one, Andrew Mangiapane, my boy, on record, my boy. Uh, seven goals, no assists in six games. Uh, the, I guess, main issue for Mangiapane at this point, um, outside of the fact that he's shooting 36.8%, uh, is Sustainable. that the the way that top line has been going for the Flames, that's Goudreau, uh, Lindholm, and Kachuk, it doesn't leave a lot of minutes for the rest of this team, especially when Michael Backlund soaks up a ton of minutes. So uh, the Dylan Dubé, Andrew Mangiapane connection has been kind of relegated to a third-line role. It's limited to him to under 15 minutes a night. The positive is that he's fired 19 shots in six games, and we played the extrapolation game a lot in the preseason. Yeah, We're going to continue that in the regular season, if you extrapolate that over 82 games, that is a 260-shot pace, which I don't know if you guys know this, is very, very good. Uh, 17 career shooting percentage. That would extrapolate, if we're going to double extrapolate here, to 45 fucking goals. So <laughs> yeah. uh, in, 40, in 14 minutes 
of ice time, even if his shooting percentage comes down. With this shot volume, I think there's a lot of promise here with Mangiapane. Uh, maybe not playing with you know the elite level players in uh, Calgary is turned him into a more of a shooter and less of a guy who's looking to pass first. So obviously, I don't think Andrew Mangiapane is going to score 45 goals, but hope not. At, you know, under 15 minutes a night to be on pace for 216 shots. Yeah. I don't know what else you guys really could want. Well, he's kind of one of those nice players that you can grab now, too, that if you can roster him and justify it and say if someone were to go down in that lineup, he just becomes incredibly more valuable because he's definitely the fill-in piece, I think. At this point, it kind of just seems like he could play all sides. He's just kind of he's a weapon. And, um, and, and that's nice to have on a roster. A lot of times, if you're grabbing a third-line guy, they're not... You're kind of uh, you. Why are you grabbing a third line guy? Actually, that's just what's going on there. But um, but yeah, uh, Marjipani going into even last night, I was a little bit, a little bit less on him. Uh, me and Bro- or me and D were both talking in one of our leagues. We both had a chance to grab him. Both decided on going with guys who played on power plays or higher lines in the lineup, and that kind of came back to bite me in the ass. <clears throat> Evan Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um. Might be on something here, Brock. You have been the highest on this guy. I can't even pronounce his name. So, well, and just um, just to reiterate things that I've said about him in the past, back to back hundred point seasons uh, for the Barry Colts in his last two years uh, went in the sixth round because he was undersized. But eventually, NHL GMs will stop looking at you know the size of players and draft on the skill level. We see a guy like Alex Brinkett really th- you know flourish as well, and he he went much later than he probably should have due to his size. But D, Manjipani, what are you thinking here? Um, I, I'm still a little hesitant. I, I think definitely, you know, he's worth picking up right now for sure while he's hot. Yeah. Um, I I really need to see him move up that lineup. Uh, the shot volume, I, I think it's great to see. Uh, again, a little bit skeptical that he'll continue to over the full 82 games. He did have 10 shots in the first two games this year. Um, and then his totals kind of coasted off that to this point. I think he had nine across the next four. So still very good. Um, but again, I think like... If he can't find his way further up the lineup, I think he'll fall back to kind of what we've seen the last few years, which still, uh, you know, very usable and but kind of ends up being more of a streaming option on most nights, kind of around like a 20 to 25 goal pace without a lot of assist upside. So uh, I'm skeptical that, you know, you're going to be picking him up and and keeping him on your roster for the rest of the year. But I certainly think he's worth, you know, picking up while he's hot right now and could potentially play himself, you know, further up the lineup given his recent play. Um, I think like 44% is probably pretty fair for him. Like, that's good. Like, yeah, personally, I'm like, eh. 50, like, 50, like I said, 80. I think he's worth a, a flyer right now just because I, I do think there's a lot of room to move up. Um, I think just not even lineup. just how hot he is, but just how hot that team is, yeah, too. They're, team they're scoring goals. They're playing very, very well. And they finished strong last year, and it's really carried over this year. And, you know, we talked about Johnny Gaudreau as a guy who we really like to have a bounce-back season this year, and he's been, uh, you know, tremendous. So that's yeah, a team that's so, just really hot. The one thing to just to add to what you said about maybe the shot the, um, the shot volume not quite being sustainable, one number that does stick out is that 19 shots on goal – 22 shot attempts so everything he's firing is on net yeah that even just that level of, of you know actually hitting the net isn't sustainable right <laughs> yeah and you know obviously he's a pretty sharp shooter he's shown that to this point so uh, again there's a lot to like but no i don't think he's going to be able obviously to score every game 45 game or, 45 goal pace. yeah no i don't think that's gonna i don't think that holds up over um the full season if he's playing on the third line with Dylan Dubé. I just don't, don't like think there's a way that that five or six happens, players but. score 40 plus each yeah. year. I don't think our boy, uh, Andrew Margie. Like, like I said, I think he's worth, I think he's worth <laughs> picking up. Struggle with that. Name. I'm just going to keep saying, I keep calling him that, whatever that old dessert is. Mar- Margie Pan. You ever heard yeah. of that? <laughs> that that's what I keep calling him. So I'm just going to go with that. So he's a 
just a dessert to me. I, I think he's worth picking up right now, um, but I'd have him on a really short lease. This week's great because there's not really um, a lot of busy days. Basically, you can fit anyone into your lineup. It's just in terms of the best player available that you want to go for um, as far as streaming options go. So I, I'd pick him up, have him on a really short lease. If his shot volume or anything else falls off, I, I'd put him right back into the free agent pool. Um, all right, that's probably as long-winded as we're ever going to be on Andrew Mangiapane. Can't make any promises, though. Um, he's still my boy. He, uh, he 23 goal pace if you extrapolate over 82 games each of the last two seasons, too. So certainly a guy that could probably get to 30 uh, this year, especially after this hot start. Uh, all right, Lucas Raymond, 41% owned, four goals, three assists in his first six games. I'm not going to talk about him too much. If you guys listen to the Monday report, he was one of my waiver wire pickups his own percentage has gone from 23% to 41% in only a couple of days. Deserved. Uh, did score a hat trick against the Blackhawks on the uh, weekend. Does lead all rookies in points thus far. Looks tremendous. Um, if you're playing in Detroit, you really just need to be playing with Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin right now to be, uh, you know, relevant at all um we haven't seen any level of production from any other line in detroit thus far so couldn't be in a better spot is on power play one with them as well so uh you know a guy that went extremely early in the draft very high hopes one of the highest higher ranked prospects uh you know in the in the nhl coming into the season so it's really not all that surprising to see this level of production early uh i'm obviously probably a little bit more excited than most but D, what do you think about Luke Raymond? Yeah, I think he's like a must-add at this point. There's just so much upside here. Obviously, the bottom could fall out, you know, tomorrow with this type of player. Um, his role is so fragile in the lineup, but he's been so productive in that limited role um, so far. The last four games especially, 15 shots over his last four games, um, averaging, you know, just about 15 minutes a night in that span. Obviously, he had the hat trick um, the other night. So, Helps. Uh, yeah, like you say, he's just – anytime you get uh, – one of the game's top prospects coming in and just lighting lighting the league up to you know yeah. to start off here in his first seven games, uh, I, I think absolutely worth a pickup even in redraft leagues because yeah we really I mean he's played six NHL games we can't sit here and say we know like yeah. what he's gonna do the rest of the season but obviously there's a ton of upside here he really is just what like Anthony Mantha that we've seen in the last couple of years he just went right in that hole we talked about how that line previous years how that line's kind of something you want to keep an eye on when they are rolling together they are very good. Then we saw Samantha injuries, obviously the trade. We saw Verona kind of step into that role and score five goals in a night. I'm um, not saying, you know, that there's something, but um, but it, it is a very nice nice line to just kind of piece yourself in if you if it does work, and clearly something's working here. Um, Lucas Raymond's the sh now the shooter on that line. I mean, obviously Bertuzzi is as well, which is crazy. I don't know what, what's in his Wheaties, but he's scoring goals through his legs, doing crazy shit. Um, Doesn't have that vaccine throwing flowing through his body. Apparently, yeah. Something but, to uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, his Lucas Raymond, I'm I'm right there with you guys. If you can pick him up in your league and you have an open spot, definitely grab him. Um, there's not many guys that you can grab that are line one, power play one, um, and that are going to put up this type of production like he is right now. I mean, like D said, he's a rookie, he can drop off. But if we're talking about um, people at the bottom of your roster, only 40% owned in leagues. Um, it's probably too late to get him if you're in a deep league, but. I yeah, like and, and like you guys said, it's just it's a matter of upside at this point, right? Like you're not you're you're getting the guy who's on the top line who is still just kind of scratching the surface. Like it, it, yeah. he could definitely drastically improve as this year progresses and as he continues to earn the, the you know more trust from that coaching staff. Uh, you know, this is a guy that could you know by mid season end up playing 17 minutes a night yeah. and and really flourishing. So well, and like I don't I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I'm in I'm in about four different leagues, and there's not one league where I'm not going to take a guy who's playing line one power play one on any of the 32 teams in the NHL. It's just as a bottom of the roster guy, it's just it's something like you, you, if you can get that and that type of 
position for someone with a ceiling like this. I mean, it's crazy. You don't find this often, so it's kind of nice. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a little too excited about Lucas Raymond, but yeah, I, I like what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on here, we've got Logan Couture. I'm going to let you guys kind of go off on Logan Couture here for a moment while I confirm the goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights, but just to lead into it, three goals, six assists, nine points in his first six games. Uh, a nice bounce back start for a guy that had 31 points in 53 games a season ago. The Sharks have really kind of surprised uh, people to date. So, Biebs, anything to add here on Logan Couture and just kind of his hot start? What do you expect moving forward? Well, someone's got a score out there, and I think um, I'm, I'm actually going to talk about one of his line mates in my waiver wire ad later that people are already looking at. But Logan Couture, D actually mentioned it. He picked him up in another league we were in just earlier this week, which is crazy. So if this guy's floating out there in your leagues, there's no reason for this guy not being completely owned right now. Um, 16 shots in six games. Exact same production as Lucas Raymond in that regard. And uh, we obviously know Logan Couture a little more polished, uh, uh, a nice piece, and someone's got to score. San Jose might be shit, but Logan Couture is a uh, is a very good player. Playing, trying to play for a spot on that Canadian team. A lot of people aren't considering that, and uh, that that's, that's a little fuel in everyone's fire this year, and I think... Logan Couture has got a bit of that, but I'll let you go because I know you don't mind watching a San Jose game here and there because your boy Timo Meyer also uh, usually kicks around there. Yeah, and um, I mean, the Sharks have actually been playing really well this year too. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, I, I think they're off to a 4-2 and two start. The power play looks really, really good, uh, clipping out a 25% um, wreck early. So, yeah, I, I think there's um, I, I think there's a lot to like just in general with the, the Sharks this season. I, I think, um, you know, Carlson, if he's at all back to anywhere close to where he was, I think he's going to drag that power play, keep them in probably close to the top 10 for most of the season. I think Couture is going to play a ton of minutes uh, in the best situations. Um, this lineup's got a lot thinner since the last time it was competitive. So if they are going to be a half decent team this year and create a fair amount of scoring chances, then I think Logan Couture, um, Timo Meyer for that matter, I think they're all going to be right uh, in the heart of it. And like I said, with the man advantage as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm actually really optimistic about Logan Couture's chances to try and get back to, um, you know, that kind of 25 goal, 30 to 40 assist guy that, that he was for a stretch there. So, um, you know, he was never a league winner, but yeah. I, 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 like I said, I, I think he can, you know, 32 years old now, I, I think he can get back yeah. to, um, peak production. I don't think he's that far gone in his prime. I think, you know, the situation in San, Z San Jose and the pieces uh, around him the last couple of years were, you know, producing at nowhere near the levels that obviously he was enjoying the first not eight, nine years of his career. So, yeah, I think everything, it, it looks really promising from the Sharks so far. Obviously, we're going off a really small sample size, but a lot of what they're doing seems legit. And uh, I think, like I said, if Carlson is at all back to uh, his former self, which, you know, he looks miles better than what we've seen of him pretty much ever since he's put on a shark jersey again it's only been six games but um yeah him being anywhere near Pete carlson is going to keep that power play productive all year and couture is going to be a big uh, beneficiary of that we've seen brent burns have a nice resurgence a little bit as well thus far um the only concern i have and it's still early but the sharks one of the teams that's kind of um really just outperformed uh what they've done at like what how they've played as a whole in terms of the difference between, um, you know, actual goals versus their expected goals. They've really outperformed expectations as far riding kind of a, a high shooting percentage as a team as a whole. So uh, I think that there's probably a little bit of regression coming their way from this hot start. Yeah. Well, these guys are nine points in six games. Yeah, though, exactly. Right? So. But you know what? That Couture line's really the only line that I'm looking at on that team right now and, and really um, considering playing. They're the only line in that team. It's kind of like Detroit um, in a that, way. That, I, that really has any even thing anything close to you know strong um 
offensive numbers at 5v5. Yeah. Uh, but Timo Meyer and Couture together have been absolutely outstanding. So yeah. uh, I expect them to continue to, to play pretty well. Uh, I know I picked up Couture very, very late, kind of my third, fourth uh, centerman in a couple leagues. And early on, you know, he, he looks like a guy that's definitely back right now. But, you know, again, not going to maintain this level of production, but I think there's definitely something to be had there. Um, definitely a guy to, I guess, really quickly that has has done this, right? Like similar to like Joe Pavelski. Shit season, unbelievable season. Shit season, unbelievable season. And maybe this is just one of those years. Except for Pavelski at one point was like, good season, good season, good season, well, good er- season, early good in season, good season. For sure, yes. Yeah, 100%. I just had to, just had to give our boys some respect there. But um, Tyler Bertuzzi, another guy, obviously yeah. scored four goals in a single game, six goals, three assists in his first five games. Uh, should have been six. Didn't get to play in Montreal. That's the one issue with Tyler Bertuzzi is not going to be playing in Canada. But honestly, this season the only player going to be left come the uh, you know come Christmas that's yeah. unvaccinated in the that NHL. That was a Saturday game though, and I on a Saturday lineup I, I had a full lineup card. It was nothing to take him out. I added in two leagues and just add someone in. So I don't know how their, how their schedule looks in the future. Definitely something that um, we could look into for future shows, or if you do have him, look into it. But if they are playing in Canada on a Saturday on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, you, you'll usually have a full lineup. You can kind of get them in. Makes it a little bit more bearable, just something I realized last week while having them because that was obviously a concern. I don't know who isn't talking about that. Yeah, like this Saturday, they're in Toronto. He won't play there, yep. uh, but it won't really matter that much. I believe they're in Montreal at some point next <coughs> weekend as well. I think they got a little bit of a can- Canadian trip coming up here starting with uh, Toronto. Uh, I am trying to to pull up the schedule here as we talk just for, to look yeah. for the next two weeks. I know they have four games next week, which bodes well for – uh, for adding somebody like Lucas Raymond. Uh, but yeah, in Montreal as well on Tuesday. So again, Saturday, Tuesday won't really hurt your lineup that much. But Yeah, it's a lot um, easier to bear with. Again, um, another guy that I think that's going to be pretty solid so long as that trio's together. I think that there's three really, really talented players. Uh, it's probably going to be the only line that's, that succeeds in Detroit, but every one of those players is worth owning. Top line, playing tons of minutes on the top power play unit as well. How many games are they playing in Canada? Nine. Uh, nine. nine, nine, nine total on the season. So yeah, he yeah. maximum he can eight play. Eight, he can play seventy three games this season. If he plays that that really game right now, that much. But he <laughs> he plays that six game though. He might be tied with Ovi Lindholm and he certainly your doesn't boy, seem Marge like a guy that has any in. intention of getting this vaccine. Not at all. <laughs> no, not <laughs> that at all. is a conversation for another podcast. I do anything to add on Bertuzzi? Um, no. Okay, uh, <laughs> moving on. I, I guess we probably should have ordered this a little bit better because we're going to talk about Timo Meyer now. Yeah, we can go on Meyer and Carlson. Uh, yeah, Ma- yeah. Meyer, yes, Carlson as well. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm sure you guys did. I'm sure a lot of our listeners did. Eric Carlson said that he is still believes that he's the best defenseman in the NHL. And, um, he hasn't he, let us chirp him about it yet. Yeah, and Elvis Merulake has said he's going to be the best goalie, and he's doing it. So these guys aren't lying, dude. These guys are not lying. You can manifest your own destiny, boys. Yeah. And uh, and I you believe. Just realize life's coming from you, not at you. That was deep, dude. <laughs> so deep. Yeah. Uh, I believe I also said that Elvis Merulake is the best goalie in the NHL, but. Um, Oh, well, Brock said it first. So. I don't think you ever said that. Maybe yeah. not the best ever, but very, very good. My sleeper pick of the year. He's been outstanding. But, um, all right, Timo Meyer, yeah. Four goals, five assists in his first six games. Eric Carlson, two goals, four assists, ten shots in his first six games. I liked Eric Carlson a lot in the preseason just because of where he was going. Um, obviously, a player uh, of his skill level, what we used to see out of him, he was going way too late in He's drafts. He's undrafted in some uh, leagues. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
so yeah, up to 82% of people are like realizing their mistakes and, yeah. and how they did not grab him as their fourth defenseman. But uh, so far, so good. I, I think that there's probably nothing to really scare me away from Eric Carlson. Like, I don't know what you no. can tell me that would be like, yeah, you know what? He probably sucks still. Yeah. Well, the thing like that's scary about Carlson was always the heel issue, but it seems like if you're watching those games, there's not that issue. Kind of, he's getting over it. And they did say it was going to take time. It just took a little more time than people thought. And that was his Achilles, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe it was Torn Achilles. Yeah. Achilles. Well, it was Achilles. And then he had the heel, the back of his heel was something was up with his heel. It was crazy. It oh, said yeah. never be the same again. I don't know. Anyways, Carlson. Just wasn't probably because he tore his Achilles. Yeah, it takes, it takes a bit to <laughs> takes a bit to get going, um, takes a bit to, to get back. And this team just clearly was not clicking last year, and and now now it's clicking. But I mean, still shooting twenty percent, not sustainable yeah. from a defenseman. Yeah. But already has just one fewer power play assist this year than he had for the whole of last season. So that's I, I think that's the key, right? Him and Burns staying together on that top power. They play aren't unit. though; they're separated. Ooh. Burns on the second. Burns I on guess. the first, I think. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah. like they kind of want A one B it, so like yeah. Carlson's out there for a yeah, minute. Yeah, it's Burns. So. It's Burns with Meyer, Couture, Nick Benino, and John Dolan. Yeah, Nick Benino is there, um, and then Thomas Hurdle, William LeBanc, William Eklund, and Kevin LeBanc, William Eklund, Eric Carlson on the second unit. Um, but yeah, it, it is a very one A one B situation. But that that's the key for him, right? He needs the power play production. That's where you know the bulk of his points uh, always came from. That you know that's what pushed him to the over the level and, and you know made just him literally the best defenseman in the NHL yeah made him almost of years. a borderline top five pick in fantasy hockey so. yeah an absolute freak for for a very long time um all right Evgeny Kuznetsov somebody that you know admittedly I was not very high on coming into the season really just hasn't shown much uh in recent years nope. 96% owned four goals five assists in six games 20 shots uh playing exclusively with Alex Ovechkin at the start of the season with Nick Backstrom out. Uh, I think a lot of that probably is helping him, um, you know, playing with <laughs> Ovechkin exclusively nice. yeah, is think? very good, uh, especially with the insane start that Alex Ovechkin has been on. So yeah, I, I think that the, the one thing that the Capitals have shown early in the season, again, it's still very early is that they can really rely on Kuznetsov to, to carry the water with Ovechkin uh, and, and maybe allow Backstrom to play um, in a lesser role. Obviously, coming off of a pretty serious injury, I, I would imagine that they probably won't you know, really lean heavily on Backstrom this year at all. So I think Kuznetsov obviously is 96% owned. I, I obviously don't you know think that he's going to end up with 100 points this year, but Ovechkin looks like a man on a mission. We all know what that mission is. And, and riding <laughs> shotgun with Alex Ovechkin is a very, very good thing. Have they given any sort of update on Backstrom? I know when they first put him on IR, Nothing there wasn't really, even a yeah. timetable like given. They're, they're, like he's skating, but he still like doesn't appear to be very close. He's battling back from a hip issue, so yeah, that's, um, you're pretty frail. Yeah, yeah I think this one's obviously a little bit of egg on our face. We were pretty low on Kuznetsov coming into the season, but at the same time, uh, all those preview pods, Nick Backstrom was seemingly 100 percent healthy, and we kind of expected Kuznetsov to be rooted to that second line yeah. role he's had in years past. As it stands right now, yeah, I think he changes things a bit. You know, not only is he on the first line but Backstrom's obviously not playing at all so massive for him not only is he seeing all those 5v5 minutes with Ovi he's seen all that power play time and touching the puck a whole ton uh, as well as we just flipped to the game and he's handling the puck Literally on the power play the in the corner the yeah. Um, so yeah I, I think this is absolutely an ideal scenario for Kuznetsov if he keeps playing anywhere uh, near this level which we certainly know he's capable of and he showed it in the past 
uh, then yeah, they'll have no reason, like you say, Brock, to shove Backstrom back into that top line role. Maybe they do it still, but I mean, Mantha, Backstrom, Oshie, that sounds like a really solid second line to me. Obviously, Backstrom and Oshie actually formed a pretty solid defensive line for a few years for Washington before they reunited Backstrom and Ovi uh, within the last year or so. So yeah, um, I think this all lines up for a big year, uh, Fukuznetsov, especially since we have no idea when Backstrom's going to be back from hip surgery. Yeah, one thing that I really like about Kuznetsov kind of blew my mind when we were writing this up was that he has 20 shots on goal in those six games. A lot of people think that it's just Ovi shoot, Ovi shoot, Ovi shoot. But if you're getting more than three shots a game next to Ovi, those are probably some pretty open looks. And like that's nothing, like that's so far from what we've seen from him. He had 78 shots in 40 games. Exactly. This guy's going to, he's going for a career high in his first 18 games. But he's also playing 1955 a night right now. Yeah. Like, that's so so much more ice time than he's ever seen. Well, and it's because there's no backstrom at all, well, right? It, that's why it's insane. Well, and the yeah. fact that he can all, he's, he's carrying the load. He's not just carrying the load. He's, like, he's doing it with one hand. It's yeah. crazy. He's making it look, like, phenomenal, and, and it's helping them, you know, deal with that backstrom. Like, imagine backstrom's there. They're 6-0 and right now already. Like, backstrom's there. They're still 6-0. and Yeah. <laughs> he looks... <laughs> he looks... Very good too, though. Like he, when you watch the games, he sticks out. He looks yeah. involved in every single shift, which is not what we've seen from him at all in the last Russian couple gas. Of years. Um, yeah, I agree. All right, moving on here, we've got Elias Lindholm, uh, perennially underrated um, center for the Calgary Flames. We talked about at the top playing terrific. Johnny Gaudreau playing terrific. Matthew Kachuk's actually been relatively quiet on that line, which is kind of surprising given how well they've played. Uh, Elias Lindholm tied for the NHL leading goals with Andrew Mangiapane and Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Uh, ten, uh, Going into tonight. Yes, yeah, Ovechkin has scored, so no longer. But seven goals in six games for Lindholm. He's been absolutely scorching hot. Yeah. Um, couple shorties in there. He's just been like such a model of consistency for so long that like you basically like he was probably the safest pick in all of fantasy. Like realistically, like he he you know what you're getting every year. You're getting like thirty and forty, almost guaranteed. You know, yeah. thirty and forty, but like close to that level of production. And then now with this hot start and the way that he's played, you also get just an insane amount of yeah. usage out of this guy. No like- matter what. Is there like a more not? I feel bad. Like a more forgettable Boring. name. I look at people's teams who have this guy, and you just go over the name. Like it's like, oh, they, yeah, they got Lindholm, whatever, blah blah. blah. But then like, when the when the week goes, I mean, last week he posted, he I had think a Hattie. Was, yeah, he had a Hattie. He went nuts last week. He was winning goal categories himself for teams. But it's 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 a guy. It just seems like you see him on rosters, and you're like, oh, this is Elias Lindholm. Then you forget that he's actually a, a top fifteen winger, and he's proving it this year. Um, I mean. Calgary's crazy. Well, crazy that's, the other, that's the other thing too, right? He plays that you know he's a center. He he's a very valuable center for them. In the last three years, he played twenty minutes, nineteen forty three, nineteen fifty four, nineteen forty nine. Uh, so far this year, there's not really a more you know um, stable role in probably the entire NHL for kind of like a a player like you said that's not quite on the forefront of people's minds. You really don't find something like that uh, from a guy. 75 goals, 104 assists, 179 points in his last three seasons in 207 games. Nearly a point-per-game player playing just, like I said, a massive amount of minutes. Right now shooting 38.9%. It's funny because when they brought him in, they, they brought him in to play on the wing with Monaghan and, and Goudreau, right? So yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he's really taken over that spot. I, I think he's probably even more so than Gujar or Kachuk, the the one guy who doesn't have to worry about falling down the lineup. I think he's established himself as 100%. their best centerman at this point. And I think whatever line he's on is the first line. Obviously, there's some red flags here. 38% shooting percentage, I think 16% on ice. So uh, no, I don't think he's a 100-point player, but I, I think he can get back to uh, you know his breakout campaign a few years ago where he was just shy of a point per game. Yeah, yeah. the other thing, though, you, know, you mentioned obviously 838.9 shooting percentage very very high is averaging three shots per game yeah. uh, on pace for 246 he's never been above 182 shots so the shot volume is drastically increased early on uh, so obviously that will help offset a little bit of that regression into in 20 uh, 2020 he scored 29 goals in 70 games in the shortened season so definitely a guy that can get to 30 35 this year especially after the start could could get to 40 yeah with this hot start. So I, I like Elias Lindholm a lot. I actually kept him at, in, in one of my leagues. Yeah. He's just seems he, to be a very, shooting on option on power play too. Like one of the, I, I yeah. haven't watched him enough to say if he is the main one, but I, when watching, he is at least one of the top two with Goudreau there. He's a focal point on that power. I mean, that yeah. whole line is just so good. And they all kind of touch the puck on that power play. And then you got Rasmus Anderson just ripping bombs from the point, which is always fun to watch. Uh, speaking of defensemen, Roman Yossi, 99% on. We don't really need to talk too much about Roman no. Yossi other than the fact that Everybody seemed to be a little bit down on Roman Yossi this offseason. Um, well, I, I was not really a part of that. Um, Nashville was expected to be a little bit worse, but Roman Yossi has just been a model of consistency throughout his career. Yeah. He is so heavily involved at all times. Uh, 27 shots so far in seven games, which is insane. Already four power play points, which is like the greatest news ever for Roman Yossi because that Predators power play yeah, usually means blows. it's bumping. And they took um, Tolvin in off it. We'll get to him later. Yeah, we will. Um, I don't understand, but I don't they understand. took him off and it works. I don't understand. Yes, I don't get it. But uh, yeah, I don't, do you guys really have anything to add? I, I think just this is more of a hat tip to yeah to that, Roman Yossi. That's exactly why it's there. It's just more to point out because uh, personally, before writing this up, I didn't even know that he had nine points in seven games. He's actually in the fight for league lead, which is bonkers. He also lost his boy Ryan Ellis. Um, that's that's a twenty-eight minute man next. Yeah, now he's got Dante Fabro. Exactly. Still. I mean, who would have thought that that would work and turn into upgraded points? But here we are. Yeah, he's a stud. Um, you know those fours or those you know Forsberg and those forwards up front. They they can't forward for Roman Yossi to be have another down year so no they would be it's good to see all around for sure and uh the fact that they've played pretty well I mean I watched them play San Jose the other night and and they just clogged up the neutral zone they made it very very difficult for San San Jose (laughs) to get anything going you know classic national predator hockey and it just I was just sitting there watching it and I was just like my god UC Saros is gonna be a fucking king this year. Like yep. so good. He's already outstanding, and then the way that they're yeah. playing is, is great news. His pads look like king pads. Those uh, yellow okay, ones. Just, love that. Just a couple other guys to mention really quick uh, before we move to the bads. Uh, we've got Connor bads. Garland, seventy-one percent owned, three goals, five assists in seven games. I don't think that there's no. a quieter uh, start to the season. Quieter, good start to the season. Just kind of uh. going about his business while. The Vancouver Canucks play terrible. Do you follow any Canucks media, though? They're going pretty nuts about this guy. He's making a lot of friends He's great. in Vancouver. He's doing some hilarious things. The other night, he gets chirped by a fan. He scores a goal and goes and stares at the dude for two minutes. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, throws the backwards check on your boys. He's pissing a lot of people off. Um, obviously, only 10 shots in seven games. That's where this gets really concerning. For sure. Um, it's just strange, too, because that's normally the one thing he, yeah, he rely yeah, on. Yeah, that's why we loved him out in zone of the last couple of years. Was he, ha- was, he has missed the net on yeah. half his shot attempts. So, oh, that, that's even, actually good to know. So, uh, say he hits with more of those. We're at 18, and 
seven games, this is that's a lot more sustainable. Yeah, usually a lot like more 60, Garland. Yeah, two thirds is about yeah. standard, I would say. Yeah, but no, he see, he seems to be fitting there, and I think I think we definitely um, I, he, he, there's a reason that they kind of tried to bring this guy in, and I almost think they stole him. Um, because he's just fitting right. In I don't even line. know what like, I still don't know what to make of that trade, but so far it looks yeah. very like obviously they took on. Ekman Larson's contract with his, which is mammoth, but Ekman Larson's looked pretty solid. He's yeah. never going to be your greatest defensive defenseman, but he's been filling categories for fantasy purposes, um, and that's all we really care about on this podcast. Yeah, for we sure. don't care. He seems to be bouncing back a little bit, which is nice to see. For sure. Um, yeah, love Connor Garland. I think he should. You know, I'm not, I was surprised to see how high owned he was already. He's mm-hmm. already in the 70s. Um, should be more I, though. I'd probably say he should be owned in every league because yeah. if he was available, I, I'd pick him up for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Keep an eye on that shot volume because we'll want to see that bounce back. The one good thing for him, though, playing uh, seems to be kind of locked at, uh, at the hip with uh, Bo Horvat, which is always a good thing in Vancouver because his usage Bo's is always getting minutes. His, yeah. he's all, his usage is always through the roof. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, the only thing I would say about Kevin Shattenkirk is if you can trade him, do it. He's uh, not playing enough no. at all. I mean, he's averaging nineteen twenty-five a night, but That's has a D man, which isn't uh, it's not great. But he, uh, I just like he's, he's Kevin Shattenkirk. He plays for the Ducks. Like Kevin Shattenkirk was great uh, in in like two thousand and fourteen, um, and even then he he never had more than uh, oh no he did. I was gonna say he never had more than forty-five points in a season, but he, he did have. What was his big year? Check like, him out on when, the when he got traded to Washington, he finished with fifty-six. Yeah. But, but aside he plays from that, for the Anaheim 45. Ducks, who are not the Washington. And he had 14 so. points in that 19 game stretch with Washington when he was manning their uh, their PP. And I think we're all kind of seeing it with guys like Silverberg, Gradrakel, uh, Anaheim scoring more than we thought, which is more than one goal a game. Yeah, only because they're going to go back. O- to only that. because they've played Winnipeg three times already, and Winnipeg is probably the worst yeah, defensive team in hockey. Yeah, I honestly think ones. if you need short term help, it's fine to pick him up for now. But I, I would not make any long term plans. With, Old uh, Brock nailed Kevin it. Shatton if you got him, you could trade him, and someone wants him, even like package him with someone. Be like, yeah, yeah. you get a D man with three goals, point per game. Yeah, yeah but like, I, I wouldn't hesitate to drop him as soon as he. Uh, cools down as soon as they aren't playing winnipeg which they don't for the rest of the season how cool bizarre is that they played winnipeg three times it's the only three games they play against them all season i'm pretty sure that sounds like some covid schedule if you're it's from already there over. because exactly. like, you get it out of the way now you don't have to go and it's really cold Boom. so true thanks so schedulers true. that's a bonus so true yeah. but i'm um, sure the jets would be loving to go to anaheim and yeah they, <laughs> please let's yeah. go back to anaheim <laughs> other way around it kind of sucks yeah. uh 64 owned right now all right let's actually take a break here uh we'll fire it over to the blue stones for 60 seconds uh when we get back we'll talk about some of the bads yeah keep uh, really, all the good stuff on yeah this we'll, we'll try to we'll uh you know bring down the bring the, the mood, mood down bring yeah. the mood down a little bit and then we do have a couple waiver wire pickups to, to close out the show so enjoy the blow stones it's not over now don't lay your flag and turn away it's not over now not this So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to come So pick up your bags and we can start something new again
Welcome back to Season 7, Episode 1 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Episode I'm your co-host, one. Dylan Berthium. As always, we hope you enjoyed those sweet, sweet licks from the Blue Stones. Um, we're going to get into some players that just aren't cutting it so far this season. Guys that um, have either really disappointed us to this point or, you know, kind of fulfilled every bad expectation that we had about them. So um, we'll get into it. We'll talk about, you know, whether we think they're going to continue to be a, a steaming pile of poop or if we... Uh, think they got it in them to turn it around and uh, regress back to some uh, self-respective um, production. So without getting into it, Brock, who are we, uh, who are we uh, going to talk about first here? If your career as a mid-tier fantasy hockey podcaster doesn't work out, sure. I think you could definitely do some pillow talk stuff. The way you just yeah. slow and low. Yeah. Welcome back to the Daily Face Off podcast. Also, if people are scared, it's episode seven, ten, not one. You sit, just in case. Did I say episode one? It's all right. It's oh, all right. because I wanted to make it a Melkin podcast, but then you guys were saying episode ten doesn't count. Right. Speaking, as speaking 71. of numbers for a second, did you guys see why Marit Sider picked fifty three? Because it's awesome. No, Scorigami. Did he throw a and dart it, at a the, number board? The Red Wings asked him what number he wanted to wear this year, and like earlier that day, he was watching Herbie. <laughs> Herbie, so, like yeah. Herbie, fully loaded. The one with Lindsay yeah. Lohan, probably. Yeah. And he and like Herbie's fifty three. What, what so, a weirdo! So he just he just took fifty three. Awesome. I can't remember which Red Wings uh, reporter tweeted it out, but it was like so accurate. They were like, his skill level is uh, is like you don't want to be compared to Herbie. No, it's just funny though. I can't remember what the tweet was, but it was Herbie basically was like his, his car, skill no? level is high end, but his yeah. uh, his likability is elite. Like Marit Sider, I'm like it's so true. Like it's hard Herbie to... was really likable. No, Marit Sider. Yeah, you well, they both are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't dislike either one of them. Just no, just two studs. Um, all right, but yeah, we're gonna start here uh, with Cole Caulfield. Um, yeah. Cole Caulfield has not performed well uh, to this point in the season. Um, the Montreal Canadiens as a whole look like a total unmitigated dumpster fire. Yes. Um, and Cole Caulfield has, you know, it didn't take long for him to be bumped from the Nick Suzuki line, which is very troublesome. Uh, and so far, we've seen Brennan Gallagher and Mike Hoffman perform admirably in that spot so uh i i think mike hoffman is definitely the guy i had him as a waiver wire pickup on my monday report uh and i think at this point mike hoffman might be the better guy to own than cole caulfield no yeah yeah i'm right there with you um people i think kind of like were sleeping on hoffman and I, and I think because he wasn't playing right away um because he wasn't playing right away he's now only 37 percent owned which is kind of crazy but yeah I, no i would want mike hoffman i mean they brought Mike Hoffman in for that three-year contract not to sit on the third line and not to not pump power play goals in. I mean, Cole Caulfield's going to be a he's – a, he's, a, he's a long-term project, and, and unfortunately for fantasy owners, we don't have time for a long-term project. And it's almost like we warned you about this in the uh, – Yeah, I was not nearly as high as on, yeah. on him as – None of us were. We all, we all said it. I yeah, mean, well, I think we all liked him as, as a breakout, right? But, um, yeah, I, obviously we weren't in on him. Um, with where he was going in, in drafts. I, I think he was like a top 80 pick um, or around that. And, and I mean, you understand why he was really, really good down the stretch for them in the, in the postseason. Uh, but still, obviously, like 12 points in, in 20 games. We were hoping for him to take that step forward. We are hoping him to see a lot more ice time than he has to this point. So um, I, I still think he's an incredibly talented kid. I, I think, you know, 100%. his release is just off the charts. Like, it, it re- just stands out, right? Like, yeah. there's certain guys like that. Austin Matthews. Uh, 
I've had you Kessel for a really long time, but yeah. uh, Dry Saddle, like they just have these super quick releases and seem to be able to get um, pucks off at, at max velocity of from a ton of different angles. And and Caulfield really reminds me of that anytime you watch him shoot the puck. So I, I think he's going to be a, a really great player. I think um, in keeper leagues, I think he's a great buy low candidate right now, and he's worth kind of stashing even if for the full year because I, I do think he's going to be that good. Uh, and I think he's going to turn it around and he'll have some productive spurts this season. I think they have no choice but to really um, – give him the time to, to let him flourish because it, it doesn't make sense to drop him much further down the lineup. So He's definitely not going to be as bad as he's been thus far. The one thing that's concerning, yeah, his shot is, is tremendous, but right now only 16 shots in seven games. Not that that's terrible. It's, it's two. You know, 160 shots, though, is really not what's going to, you know, that's not going to get you to 30 goals uh, unless, you know, you, you get a, a huge stroke of luck for the entire season. So, you know, under 15 minutes a night uh, is troublesome, but as a whole, you know, I really like Cole Caulfield. I really like uh, Nick Suzuki. But coming into the season, I was not nearly as high. Daily Faceoff was not nearly as high on these guys as other uh, sites were and, and other rankings were. Strictly because I, I don't think it can be understated just how important of a role Philip Deneau's line played for that team and, and how much of a burden they took off the other lines going up against the opposition's best every single night and really giving the cushier matchups to the, to the Nick Suzuki uh, Cole Caulfield's of, of the world. And I think that that's really kind of just rearing its ugly head early in the season. Uh, I think, you know, missing a guy like Shea Weber hurts. That blue line has really just been the, the the issue for them thus far. Against Seattle last night alone, they were just giving up just the most amount of high-danger chances yeah, that I've ugly. seen in a game all season. Against so, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, who's been, you know, Not great. terrible to, to uh-huh. other than in, in that game. So I, I agree that Cole Caulfield's probably a buy low in, in season long. Um, are in uh, in keeper leagues, in redraft leagues, you know, maybe I think if you have somebody that, you know, is definitely not going to continue what they've done early in the season, that's still, you know, not that high up on, on, on their depth chart. Uh, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who would fit that bill, but I think he's still worth a shot because there is opportunity for him to to move up this lineup. It's not like Brendan Gallagher has been off to a great start. He hasn't scored a goal yet either. So, you know, could it be Mike Hoffman, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki in the near future? Seems like a line that would struggle defensively, but, you know, they <laughs> Seems might like score. a line that you would need Phil Denoa on your team for to eat some tough. Yeah. yeah, and that, you know, don't get me wrong, though, that Christian Dvorak line has done a pretty solid job as well, but they're just not quite the same as what yeah. that, that uh, Denoa Tatar um, Gallagher line did for a couple of years. So, right. yeah, Cole Caulfield, still 69% owned, but, yeah, just, just one assist in seven games isn't going to get it done. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, if you listen to our goalies episode, which... A lot of you did. Thank you guys very much for tuning into that. It, I believe, broke our record for the highest yeah. uh, viewed episode or Maybe highest right. listened episode of all time. Uh, I don't know if that's the Mike McKenna effect or, or the fact that D wasn't on it. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> they, maybe it's, the, it's the double mics. I think. Did I, you advertise it as me not being? No, there? I we think. Or did say, you advertise it as Mike McKenna? We didn't even say Mike McKenna was on it. We said just D wasn't on. Yeah, right. I think that personally they were just not D. They just didn't want to hear D complain about how much he hates talking about goalies and like I'm turning it in for this for sure. sure. But no. Uh, it's definitely the Mike McKenna effect. Everybody loves D. Um, Everybody loves D. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Wow. But um, <laughs> and Lucas Raymond. Speaking of the goalies episode, McKenna said this is not going to be Marc Andre Fleury's year. Did not like the way things were setting up for Fleury in Chicago. <laughs> he was right. It, fuck it was he bang on and like it was 839 save percentage with a 575 yeah. goals Dude, against like is he, that like, not okay. good so 
Part of it is I was wrong. part of it is <laughs> Chicago dog shit. Was that bad of him? Yes. Yeah. Um part of it Chicago dog shit. Other part of it, Mark Andre Fleury looks like dog shit. Sure. Yeah. He just looks fucking lost. Like against the Red Wings on Sunday, it looked like he was drunk. It looked like he was falling over the whole game. Like this guy has no clue. Yeah, well, well I don't think now. he's ever played behind a blue line that's you know this bad. Yeah, no. There's no yeah, chance. Yeah. Probably not Seth since Jones his, is like minus thirty two on Not like honestly not since like his rookie year when Ryan Whitney was playing twenty something minutes a night. But didn't Ryan Whitney have like the most insane stuff? He had a great rookie, rookie year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever. Right. Yeah, yeah, he had seven great. goals in like five games or something. Yeah. Well he was playing the power play with rookie Sid, so just ripped it up. Yeah. Good for Ryan Whitney. Uh, but yeah, so Fleury's been an, an absolute dumpster fire uh, thus far. I, I, you know, moving forward, I certainly don't believe that you can rely on him as anything more than, you know, a, a low end number two. Uh, I think that, you know, there's definitely room for the Chicago team to, to get a little bit better. I, but yeah. overall, this is, it, it's going to be tough, um, if not impossible, I, for Mark Andre Fleury to return draft day value. And I think we were all so far uh, gone on, on Fleury on draft day. Like, neither of us were even coming close um, to getting him at, at his ADP. Like, there no. was just no shot no. I was taking him. Didn't even want him. Anywhere close to even like the top five goaltender, let alone I think he was going like third off the board. So, yeah, it's just nonsense. Obviously, there's nothing more important than for a fantasy goaltender than the, the team in front of them. And, the, you know, obviously we thought that the Blackhawks might be a bit better this season. Doesn't look to be the case. Uh, so yeah, I think number two might be a little generous because I, I think like Blackhawks goalies in recent years, you're really going to have to play your matchups uh, with Flurry this season, which is not what you want out of your number two goaltender. I think the other thing too is, is that, you know, from what we've seen to this point in his career, um, Kevin Lankinen seems pretty serviceable. Like it's yeah. not like he has nobody behind him. And Lankinen, they've shown a willingness thus far to to go to Lankinen, and he's played okay. He's played better than Fleury. Um, so I, even if Fleury he's, starts I mean, to play better, I don't know if at any point in time this is the type of guy at his age that's going to start 65% of games anymore. Right. Lankinen's still pushing an 886 save percentage. That's not that, good. I just like 40 points higher than Marc-Andre Fleury's. That's it? still not good. No, it's not. But I'm just saying he he, he is shown to be <laughs> like, got to step like in last year. Last year, he had like a props. 910 save percentage, which was about league average, which yeah. league average on a team that was as bad defensively as the Blackhawks were. is You got to commend it. A little bit, sure, yeah. And and Flurry and Flurry was the same in the same boat as Thatcher Demko for me at the start of the season. I, I think that both goaltenders are terrific, but defensively, both of these teams are terrible, and it's just it's never gonna work. Like I said earlier with UC Saros, how solid that team is and how difficult they are to play against in Nashville. UC Saros is gonna be a stud. And then you got these other guys who, yeah, maybe they're good in, in individually, but their teams cannot defend for shit. Yeah. It's How like, are they supposed to play well? It's like a running back in football with a good offensive line. Yeah. Good offensive line, doesn't matter who you are, going to do well. Goalie, yeah. same thing. Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line right now. What a Boom. monster. Exactly. It's like putting Vasilevsky. I think to Ernest Johnson. If we're going to the yeah, NFL, what a the best that, example what a performance that, that was. Well, but uh, all right, moving back to hockey line, here, uh, near and dear to to, to D's heart here, we've got Mitch Marner, yeah, D's favorite um, eleven million dollar player. Yeah, so it has not only been a bad start for Mitch Marner, the Maple Leafs as a whole. Um, have struggled mightily to begin this season. Oh my God, he popped up on the screen they as we were talking a about huge him. Close up um, too, but yeah, Mitchie. One assist. I think he actually picked up one uh, so far tonight. So two assists, let's call it, in 
eight games so far this season. He's also uh, leading the league in shots on goal without a goal right now with 18 ahead of our boy Kevin Fiala. Just learned that from the infographic. It said most forwards, actually, so I want to know what what D-Man is just... Who's Fire and muffins. Well, I will, def- I will definitely find that as, as you guys talk. Meatballs. Chabot? I think it might be Chabot. Oh, might I'm be pretty Chabot. sure Chabot has oh. a ton of shots. Chitrin. Chitrin. Ooh. Who is it? Come on, Brock. Oh, uh, You guys talk about Mitch Marner. All right. We got All our right. guesses in. We're working in a garage. How fast do you think I can find this information? <laughs> no. Not we're fast enough. We're in the Wood Jersey studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The wood, come on. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's Mitch Marner. You have to wait out the cold streak, um, you know. The team, it's been a tough watch so far this year. Matthews missed a handful of games at the start. Tavares has gotten off to an extremely slow start as well. There's just too much talent here for Marner to obviously continue anywhere near. Um, this pace right now, we just said it. He's shooting 0% on the year. I would expect that to improve his on-ice shooting percentage. Yeah, I hope. Ready for this? Okay, his previous low for on-ice shooting percentage over full season is 108 which is, you know, well, above average he because he's Mitch digits. Marner and he plays with Austin Matthews. Uh, his on-ice shooting percentage so far this year, 2.4%. Um, and that basically just sums up the Maple Leafs season. Uh, it's been incredibly frustrating to watch because, you know, they're leading the league in chances created. Yeah, highest uh, expected by, goals for in the NHL. Yeah. Largest uh, goals scored below expected. Yeah. Uh, and they're just not putting the puck away. So, obviously, if you're familiar with this podcast at all, that's the kind of trend that we expect. Uh, to be bucked before long. So, um, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before he returns to his usual ways. I, I'm hoping so anyway. But, yeah, I think You're there's, never just, gonna believe who there's, uh, there's just too much talent. Who is it? Ryan Ellis? Eric Chernak. What? Eric Chernak has – I knew he was shooting a lot because I played no. him in DraftKings. Stop. Eric Chernak has 25 shots on goal. How much is he playing? What? 21 minutes a night. Who's Eric letting Ch- him do that? Eric, he's playing with Ryan McDonough. They're shut down. Who's Eric him do Chernak that? has 25 shots in seven games. I he is it. 11th. 11th in the NHL in shots on goal <laughs> as a whole. I see this. And he has zero, he has zero, zero goals. goals on the season. Okay. Now, another. Oh, Chabot uh, also has more shots than Marner and no goals, by the way. Yes. What about okay, but do you, without looking, do you know who's leading the NHL in goals or in shots? Oh. another defenseman, Roman Yossi. Oliver Ekman Larson, Roman Yossi's second. They're top two in the NHL right now. Hey, wow. and another. Just while we're at it, shout out to Vladimir Tarasenko for doing what he's doing on the third line right now. Chitrin also has twenty shots with no goals. <laughs> Outstanding. So <laughs> Mitch Marner. So we're all right. The boys are throwing muffins with no. Eric Chernak though is an absolute stunt. Yeah, but that's yeah, crazy. I mean, obviously, I don't think we're, any of us are panicking on Mitch Marner um, too too much. I I think that. I I, I will say this: so oh, watching them right now low. against the Blackhawks right now, it's not great. I I, I thought. 100% after seeing what the Red Wings just did to the Blackhawks on the weekend, that Toronto was going to come in here and really kind of just bust out, break out, and just destroy this team and be like, okay, we're back. And it hasn't happened yet. No, they're struggling. It, it's half. We're halfway through this game. They're losing 2-1. At what point, though, does it legitimately become a concern? 20. Like, you're 20. at least yeah, 20 games? It's me. 20 games because, yeah. Like if they go twenty, the same way about if, Colorado. if they go twenty games and they're scoring two goals a game, like how? Well, what do you? What happens? Well, Keith gets fired. Well, and, yes. Um, Which and then light, we and then we see fire. what happens. Lights of fire under. Um, yeah, there's obviously too much talent here. They're creating way too many chances for this to you know seemingly continue. But 
My dad would also tell you they get outworked every single night that they step on the ice. So, and, and we know for sure that nobody knows more than dads. Yeah, when it comes true. to hockey, well, they, it's true. They their hustle. opinions are they always. Do. That's are, very true. Their opinions are always about work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best, <laughs> whether it's correct or not. Uh but yeah, I don't think that's a totally like you know like I do think this is a team that, like I said, I think I said it in in between halves, but they just don't have a great track record of playing through any any sort of adversity and i think saturday night against pittsburgh is a prime example of them just oh, that was ugly going down a couple of goals and and Man, wanting the game to be over yeah so not getting a single save from jack campbell didn't help yeah and i i do think no i i, I mean yeah i was getting like yeah i think they maybe want their or expect their talent to carry them a little bit in some of these softer matchups and they when they come out against a team like this on home ice that comes out and, and plays hard and has a bit of talent of their own i i think they have a, a really hard time and I, I i don't know what needs to be done for them to get up for more of these games but um of course all of this wouldn't matter as much if they could just put the puck in the net yeah for sure and then if you are somebody who was born after 1970 and you have a hockey opinion that does not pertain to work ethic uh, we'd love to hear from you because yeah. I don't know if that person exists. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Before 1970. Before 1970. Yeah. Say after, no. yeah, before 1970. If you were born before 1970 and you actually look at numbers <laughs> yeah. and not just work ethic, we'd love to hear from you. Mitch at Marner. DFO Podcast on Twitter. Um, um, great by low candidate. That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, I, ag- I would agree yeah. fully on that one. Uh, I, I just realized I skipped over a name, Anders Lee. I think I'm just going to give Anders Lee a little bit of a pass. Um, early on just because he is coming off of like a torn ACL. Uh, but at the end of the day, Anders Lee is really not a guy that yeah, nothing to do with him. Yeah. Like not a guy that I would really even be targeting that much anyway. Uh, I don't, I personally, um, and I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I, I don't think that the Islanders are anywhere close to as good as anybody else seems to think that they are. I saw power rankings at the start of the season that had them at like number two overall in the NHL. And I'm like, this team, well, even is, if they are good, they're winning two, one, they're, they're winning just so three, drastically two, like, overrated. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, like they're winning three, two, they're winning two, one, like JP, like Pajot's getting a goal. That's unassisted shorthanded. So no one's touching it. Yeah. Things aren't really happening. It's like, it's why Barzell can never get over the 70 point mark. It's just, it's not a team that's well that is, and they just continue to play every single line the exact same amount of minutes. Yeah, it doesn't help when you you're are. getting the when same Casey Zizekas plays Mark. just as many minutes as <laughs> as Matt Barzell. You're, it doesn't matter. Well, they were doing that with Komarov and Martin and going. They just signed Ross Johnson to a four-year contract. He's Duh. not even in their lineup. <laughs> Duh. He can't even. He Duh. can't even crack this lineup. <laughs> that's hilarious. Four years. And I every, mean, four yeah. years at like 1.1. So it's four years, 4.4. So, nah. I mean, but just still, still what are not. we doing here? What's like, a Ross Johnston? I think he's the <laughs> toughest player in the league from what I gathered on Twitter. I know he's tough, but I heard he's the toughest. He's so massive. Yeah, he's actually going to come here and he beat the like shit out of us. Beat the shit out of someone. Well, yeah, yeah I just said he he's the tough. toughest player in the league. He definitely looks yeah. tough. So, um, I know Brock's f- giving Anders Lee a pass. Uh, yeah, if he's not scoring goals, he's doing absolutely nothing for you. I'm so. just saying, like, he's like I'm giving him a pass as to why he isn't to this day, like, to this point. <laughs> why but he yeah, is the way that he is. But he just shouldn't be on your roster anyway. Yeah. Why was he even in consideration? Well, because he scored. 40 goals like three years ago but yeah he come did off acl that. surgery like three months ago yeah but so did adrian peterson forget. he led the league in russian <laughs> we're talking about like a cyborg and anders lee here adrian peterson was like not human for a as game. the kids would say he was built different built different um Ross and Johnston. if you're born after ni- before 1970, you don't know what that means. <laughs> Feel free to reach out to us. It Ross means Johnston he's Derrick Henry. 87 career games, seven goals, eight assists. Okay. 87. So actually kind of serviceable. Yeah. The most airtime he's ever going to get. 
moving on. Phil Peronic. Uh, yeah, drop him. He um, nice. He was scratched t- twice, back to back games by Jeff Blaschel. Um, again, if you've listened to anything oh. I've ever said on this podcast or Twitter, Jeff Blaschel is terrible. Uh, he his roster decisions are nightmarish. Um, Danny DeKaiser continues to get a pass by this guy. Phil Peroni cannot. He has an A. Do too. it. Do it. You know, do with that what you will. Uh, no, I think the real issue here is that you know while he led this team in points last year, <laughs> which is hilarious in itself, um, <laughs> it, he's clearly behind both Nick Letty and Marit Sider at this point in terms of power play usage. Um, and if you're not on power play one in Detroit, you ain't there's worth no chance. Shit. Yeah. So bye bye. Yeah, moving not, on. Nothing more to say. He should be playing. It's a joke that he's not, but uh, even so, like you said, I don't think he'd be worth it. Anymore. I mean, I, it's a little too. Old when right you now. have the opportunity to dress Mark Stahl over Philip Peronik, you just have to take. It. <laughs> you got to put Big Marky. In oh there. fuck! I hate Blashel so much. Like, hey, you got to see what you have in Mark Stahl. You know? Yeah, not quite sure at age thirty-eight. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm Jonathan sure all Taves. the Stahl brothers are thirty-eight. Now. So Jonathan Taves, uh, <laughs> in perpetuity, they're all thirty-eight. <laughs> um. Jonathan Taves was on the COVID reserve list, was not on the COVID reserve list. Make of that what you will. We aren't going to get into that. But <laughs> What did uh, he get into? He just, he just went on and off. He just, just false positive. Yeah, just couldn't I don't talk know if that the, was the case. Couldn't anyways, talk to the Toronto media, man. He had um, to be quarantined. Yeah, so he's been terrible. Um, nice. and, and honestly, at, like when you look at their numbers, uh, like yeah. his, his lines numbers, they're dog shit so far this season. They just aren't playing well. Uh, and you know, color me shocked that a guy that was barely fantasy relevant missed an entire season and came back on a bad team and isn't fantasy relevant. I mean, I'm stunned. Yeah, he just holds a great name. It's one of those classic like, like Jonathan Taze. When was, the, when was the last time he, he did anything of, of, of value in, well, a, in a fantasy season? Well, you got to stop talking so much shit because his last full season he got 60 points in 70 games, and the year before that he had 81. <laughs> that was 82. so it was so long ago. But I that was the first time in like 10, 15 years that we saw him and Patrick Kane play on a line together, and you know he, he exploded. It was literally ball. the most points he ever had uh, in a, in a season. Um, Again, that was the 2018-19 season when he was 81 points in 82 games. That, that was the year that that power play yeah. clicked at like yeah. 57%. That's when Jeremy Carlton came in and yeah. yeah, they just scored on every other power play for like two months miss. straight. And he played 21 minutes a night. Now he's playing 17. So uh, Yeah, and I again, I just, there's no like, there's extra obstacles, I guess, f- from him playing with Kane other than the fact that forever that it maybe didn't make the most sense for them to build their lineup that way. But with Kirby, Kirby Doc, Doc's yeah. And yeah, he's he eating so a lot of minutes too. And obviously Taze is coming back from, you know, what held them out for last year, fatigue, whatever it, it was. was right? Yeah. Some like, I can't, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but yeah, I, it doesn't sound like it was something that was easy to sit through. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's been off for a full season and who yeah. knows. That's not easy still, with this. Yeah. And he's coming back. and. Fast. Again, he was having issues even beforehand, right? So, yeah, yeah, I I think, again, we need to, from that standpoint, maybe give him a pass in in, in that regard. I love how I'm giving honors Lee a pass and just shitting on Jonathan Tavis. Maybe it's just because he's a Blackhawk. Sure. Um, He is center only eligible, though. It kind of hurts. Yeah, I would probably drop him. I I would probably drop him for the time being. I'd drop him just because he plays for a terrible fucking organization. I'd keep keep an eye on him, and if he moves back (laughs) to the lineup and ends up playing with Kane at all. And obviously, he's worth a pickup. He ain't playing with Kane. He could. If he does. Kirby Doc is too good. 
Kirby Doc is amazing. He's too good. Yes. Why would you even do it? It's it's gonna be Kane and Doc, Kubalik and Taves forever. Yeah. Right? Should be. Sure. And then you got Alex to break out in the third line. That makes sense. No. Colton should be fired too. Don't say that. <laughs> I love Jeremy Colton. You just love yeah, the power play production is just insane. I just think he's like should be the best assistant coach in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. If he gets fired, any team with a struggling power oh. play needs to pick this guy up. I'll call him myself yeah. and drive him. You need to <laughs> drive, him drive him to, to Toronto. Yeah. He's here. I was gonna say <laughs> the ACC, the Rogers Center. Yeah. Um, all right, Ely Tolvin. Scotiabank Arena. There it is. A guy that we've liked a lot. Um, but yeah, yep. we, we I think we mentioned it earlier in the show. He's inexplicably not on power play one. Uh, seemingly the only thing that he's even good at. Is he even on the ice anymore? He's shooting the puck really, really hard on the power play. Um, so That's a good skill to have, to be fair. Yeah, he was yep. moved up finally into the top six the other night. So if that continues, I like I like where that is headed. Um, but no, Tovenant is a guy that should break out. He shoots the puck a ton. And a guy with his, you know, the heaviness of his shot, he should score a lot of goals. Uh, 21 shots in seven games. So three shots a game. That kind of production is great. Uh, or that shot volume is great. The problem is he's only playing 11-13 a night. Yeah. So if you're averaging three shots a night at 11-13, does he just get, like, lost in the bench? Does he look like another they just, player? He's like, literally just the first person that gets, like, Move down the line every single time, like so no question about it. And then, like, not I, the streak that he went on on their power play at the tail end of last season. Uh, how you could just look at your power play and be like, we don't want him and the other on that flank next to Roman Yossi makes no sense to me. Well, now that it's working too with Yossi, I mean, it's kind of just giving them more fuel to the fire and making it like it's not like things are going to change for the foreseeable future i personally am not panicking on tolvanen i i i think that one thing that you need to have it's a little too early for me to be panicking on tolvanen uh because you know you, you grabbed him probably towards the end of your draft i would hope and um the shot volume is, is elite for a guy playing the amount of minutes that he is and if he for whatever reason gets hot in in the top six and, and has some staying power in that top six then you know that that can go a long way. I, I think the one issue, obviously, his his average time on ice is is hindered by the fact that he left the uh, this weekend's game after about three shifts. So he's playing a little bit more than ten minutes. Uh, that's obviously weighed yeah. down a little bit in in such a small sample size. But um, the shot volume is great, and I think there's just a lot lot to be a lot of goals that could get poured in here. I mean, he's shooting four point eight percent right now on on twenty one shots. So, like we talked about it with Raymond, when you look at the waiver wire a lot of times it is difficult to find guys with high upside. This is a guy that carries 30 goal upside for sure. It's he, just, I don't know when it's going to happen, if it's ever going to happen, but it's hard to be like, like to look at the waiver wire and find somebody that's like significant, has significantly better goal scoring upside than him. He did it in last year's fantasy playoffs. So if he wants to, you know, wait for that time again, I'm super glad to jump on that train because I jumped on it for three. I just don't know when he's going to start playing more. And I don't know. I just don't know. I, I, I personally, like I I, would draw, I would open up the spot to stream. Depends on, I agree. Depends on your, um, your, your league settings, obviously, and whether or not, you know, the weekly acquisition limits kind of give you the freedom to do so. But yeah, I do think you get uh, a lot more value. Like I would rather that roster spot. I, I, like I said, oh, yeah. I'd rather just keep it a revolving door and, and, and stream guys in, in that roster spotting and get yeah. the extra games. 
Um, and maybe every once in a while I pick up Tolbin and, and, and slide him in, in that spot. Uh, Keeper League, absolutely, I'm, I'm holding on to this guy, maybe even trying to buy low on him because I'm with you. I do think there's a ton of uncovered upside here, but I don't know if we see him kind of expand into that role this season because he's playing so few minutes right now. He's got a long way to go. I, I, I dropped him in a Keeper League last week, so I don't, I don't know what that says. It says you dropped him in a keeper league, not a big fan, and he was like your breakout candidate. <laughs> yeah, you bet. It's almost like he stung me a little too hard. He was a little too upset. Yeah. Uh, he has four games next week um, in Calgary, in Edmonton, in Vancouver, in Chicago. Uh, plays Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So couple goals get ahead teams. of it right now and get Tolvin in as your streamer for next week because those are some bad <sighs> defensive teams. Yeah, this is a in, nice day. In, in nice week or nice days of the week. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, he's in the top six today. So hopefully that carries over into tomorrow, uh, and, and beyond. So Rupe hints, this is another team that is gotta be looking at firing their coach here, right? Like Rick bonus, this team cannot get anything going offensively. Uh, he's changed their lineup co- line combinations about every seven minutes this season. Yeah. Uh, it's just new line combinations. I don't know what it is. Luke Glendening must have dirt on every single coach in the league. I think he, he married like the bonuses. Ga- he daughter. played like three games in Dallas, and he was on the top line. Yeah. So what the fuck? He's uh he's owned on a team in in DNA, one of DNI's leagues. Is there faceoff wins? No. <laughs> oh my and, god. And uh, we kind of just had to address it. It was like, what's going on here? And we're he not. Kept, we're still- <laughs> he was kept in one of my leagues that has faceoff wins, and I was like, I, I was like, oh, what? Yes. This guy kept Luke Glendening. Are you in a league with Luke Glendening? I think it might be Luke Glendening. It's either Luke Glendening, Jeff Blaschel, or Rick Bonus. One of the three. You're in a league with Rick Bonus. That's it. Because they're they seem like best friends. Rupe hints. They got Jason Robertson back tonight. I I think that it's. A big huh. wait and see here for me. I think that that is a a line that was extremely good last year and can be extremely good this year. Uh, I was a little hesitant to expect more from Rupe Hints this year, but if he could match what he did last year, uh, would be great. Obviously, um, he needs to play more. He has the last couple of games, we, and it's... that's that was our reservation with him coming in was. Well, he played 18 minutes a night last year. He's averaging 15 so far. Well, and this that was a, but that was our concern with getting Tyler Seguin back. Yeah. It's like where the minutes have to go down. Right. I mean, to us, it seems kind of obvious that, you know, there's a changing of the guard here in Dallas. Maybe it's not that obvious inside the dressing room, but Joe Pavelski um, was $2,600 on DraftKings tonight. That's how bad they feel. Wow. That's crazy. Do you play him? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he needs to play more. I'm obviously not even thinking about dropping him. The guy was over a point per game last season. Um, four percent on a shooting percentage so there's a lot that has to give here he's played over i think right around 18 minutes each of the last two nights yeah. just under 19 last night uh, just under 18 the night before so getting back up to realizing that hey this guy's actually one of our best players we should be giving him the minutes that he deserves so hopefully that continues uh but yeah like you said it's a big wait and see uh I, i'd probably buy low I, i'd yeah, say buy I, low I but sure i would be weary low. of the role not uh, you know about his minutes, but I think you can. Buy, I, I, think I wouldn't you give buy too much. Really low on yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't treat him like the point per game player he was last season. At this point, would you trade Logan Couture for Rupe Hints and redraft? Yeah, probably not. Just because I, I, I really think Couture is going to play like 19 minutes a night, and you know, four power play minutes a night yeah. with either Burns or Carlson. I think that top line's in a really good spot. Like I said, I think they're better, and I 
but I think the lineup's a lot thinner than it was last time. That I, they had I think that there's line, a pretty so. good chance that Sharks team outscores the Stars too. Like the way yeah. things are going right now, like the Stars have never been a team that have scored a, 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 a ton of goals. Oh, they just they've just been now. they've been solid offensively, but they can't get fucking anything going right now. Hopefully, stars, Jason yeah. Robertson will help. I mean that that helped a lot last it, year. It, like, and that's the one thing is if I'm a if I'm a Route Eight Hints owner, I'm encouraged by. By Jason Robertson returning, and I, you know, you got to see what that does for this line in this next couple weeks. Uh, and then if we're sitting here in the middle of November and the production is still where it's at, the minutes are still where it's at, then I think it's time to press the panic button. Yeah, uh, on, on Rupe hints. Um, all right, Sean Monahan drop. He's on the fourth line with Trevor Lewis and Milan Lucic. Exactly I mean, what else do here. you have to say? That's why he's on here. That's what do you yeah, drop him? Bye. Okay, Jeff Petrie. Uh, this is Dylan's favorite defenseman in the NHL from a season ago. True. Uh, not great. Not a great start. Um, not a great start for that entire roster. You'd think Shea Weber being out, this guy's going to soak up all the minutes. He is. He's playing almost 24 minutes a night. He has no points. He only has eight shots on goal in seven games. He has missed the net like 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> 26 shot attempts, eight on net. Um, I think the one thing is that last year he shot a career high 9.4%. Uh, he had an on ice shooting percentage of 10.9%, also a career high. So regression was fairly obvious to this extent, probably not. Um, I think that Petrie is a guy that if he gets dropped in your league needs to be picked up. Yeah. I think that he is the type of player where he was you know, undrafted last year and explodes. And then if you, you get off to a slow start, especially a defenseman, people will give up on him very early. Yeah. And if he gets dropped, I think you have to pick him up because of all of the things that we've talked about, about Montreal on the show. Are they as good as they were last year? Probably not. But Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Drouin, They've got some capable goal scorers on that power play yeah. that will afford him the opportunity to pick up points this and, season. And hopefully shoot more too, right? Like he's the thing about him is he's been a really, really reliable goal scorer in Montreal. Uh double digit goals at least eleven in each of the last four seasons. So uh yeah, I wouldn't expect him to get back to, you know, his world beater pace last season. We we said that before the year. Um, when we talked about him briefly, it's not like he was anywhere close to our top tens or anything like that, but we all thought he was a starting fantasy defenseman. Uh, and I'm with you. I think with the usage and his track record, uh, yeah, you have to wait it out. Um, you know, maybe he, you make him earn that his spot back, right? Like he's your number four D man. You got a full lineup. Like I wouldn't obviously probably he's the one that you're going to sit at, at this point, but yeah, I'd expect him to heat back up at this point. I'd expect him to score some goals, um, and, and be, like I said, a, a starting, uh, fantasy D man. Uh, moving forward so yeah it's obviously been really frustrating but you know I don't think things can get much worse in Montreal uh, and he, I do no. think he's going to score some goals this year and get back around that 10 goal 30 assist pace nothing outstanding but the goals make him worth owning still yeah nothing want to add to that I mean it's pp1 power, or line one guy uh, I mentioned how how valuable those are earlier so you know if you can have them you, you're, if you're in a league that has 40 spots I mean you can find a spot for Jeff Petrie at least for a couple weeks um you know, Shea Weber's not coming back to his spot. Yeah, he's on LTIR, so he's not yes. coming back anytime soon. I just want to pull up really quickly here. Uh, Jeff Petrie's own percentage still. He's down to 85% already. Yeah, and I could see another... It's heading, it's heading another the wrong way fast. And he's mid-60s. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's the, He just doesn't carry that same name value. Yeah. Like, 
Like Eric Carlson sucked for like two seasons. Right, because he you said like he was he was going at the bottom of drafts last year, and he shouldn't have been because no. he was a ten goal, like I said, thirty assist man for three years heading into that breakout. Well, breakout, but that fortunate season he had. Obviously, we were expecting that. I mean, I think he scored like six goals in the opening month or something yeah. last year. So he won you like seventeen free coffees, I think, at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, he was the man, and he won me like my first four or five fantasy matchups too. He was. He'll always hold a special place in my heart for the last year. <laughs> All right. Alex Petrangelo, another guy worth talking Save about. Save for here. the postseason. Yep. Zero points. Minus seven. Is that not good? Not great. No. 21 shots in six games is great, though. Sure. The other thing that's great. Another one. 20, that's out shooting Mitch Marner. 26 minutes and 36 seconds per game. That is some freakish shit. I don't know if it is as good as what we have seen from Thomas Chabot. Like, did you see Thomas Chabot like a four-minute shift to like finish off a game the other night? <laughs> yeah. The guy's insane. Um, but yeah, Darnell Nurse leads the NHL right now at 27-37. Thomas Chabot, 27-25. Brent Burns, 26-51. Number four, Alex Petrangelo at 26-36. We've got Zach Whitecloud out for an extended period of time. Alec Martinez did return tonight. Um, but that blue line is... A li- is going to be a lot thinner without White Cloud. As as funny as that sounds, they can't rely on that third pair quite as much moving forward. And I think that you're going to continue to see heavy dose of Petrangelo. The problem with Petrangelo is you don't know if he's going to be on the top power play unit, the second power play unit on any given night. And he's always been a really reliable goal scorer. Um, pretty productive points wise, but even without always getting the power play time, yeah. Louis too. So I'm not like, I'm not that concerned about Petrangelo, the player. Like he'll 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 be fine. What I am concerned about is the Vegas Golden Knights without Max Pacioretty for an extended period of time, without Mark Stone without a per- uh, an extended period of time. We don't know for sure on Mark Stone. Um, they're very banged up. They don't have a single power play goal this season. Mm-hmm. I, is that team going to bounce back and be the offensive juggernaut that we've seen them be in recent years without Patrick and So I don't think they can do it. No, I think we're now looking at like a, a 3-2 win team, a 3-1. Like, like they're going to be for riding right Robert Lan- Robin Lehner, going to be riding... You know, Alec Martinez, right? And the fact that they have a great D pair, or great just D in general. Their top four is fantastic. Yeah, and, and honestly, Chandler Stevenson's their best scorer right now. It's not, nothing against Chandler Stevenson. He's, he's phenomenal, and he should be picked up more. He's only 44% owned, but like... See, now, I, to me, he your... shouldn't be picked up because he has nobody to play with. He yeah. was only good because of Stone and Pacioretty. Yeah, well, mostly. Neil, he's just he's just in a great spot. People Today, he's won. playing with Keegan Colesar, so yeah. I mean, if, uh, tell me... Yeah, I mean, regardless of what we think is going on with the power play production, because... Again, I, I would expect Shea Theodore to get the nod over him on, on most nights this season. If I was the coach of that team, that's what I would do. Especially when Petrangelo is playing so much at 5v5 yeah. and on the penalty kill. Like, it doesn't make sense to, you know, force him out there for a couple of extra minutes when you got a great quarterback in Theodore already. Um, and I think the real issue is, like you said, Brock, I, I don't think Petrangelo can rely on his 5v5 production like he has in the past when all those guys are hurt. So it's a really tough spot for fantasy owners. Cause I think obviously you can't drop them at all. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to imagine things getting a whole lot better uh, until they get healthy. So I think you really have to try to wait it out. See if you can get some extra, maybe some extra power play time. Maybe they go to using the two of them on that top unit. Um, but yeah, I do think his play at 
his individual play is going to carry him and make him fantasy relevant enough, but certainly a huge hit to his value. Is he all? Is he kind of somebody right now where obviously you can't sell high on him because he hasn't done anything? But could you still maybe sell high enough on him? Yeah, I think to, if to I, get a pretty decent return, even if it's just a one for one defenseman, um, just totally based on Petrangelo's name value. Yeah, I, I think so. Like I, I think you can get someone that'll you know still be willing to go in on him at a, at a reasonable price, and I think it's worth exploring anyway. Like you say, you don't want to sell too too low on him, but yeah, I, I don't like he's super unlucky. Obviously, to not have a point yet, but there's also like you said some very real um, contributing factors around that, um, and yeah, I don't think that's going to get a whole lot better anytime soon. Would you rather have? This is a funny one. Would you rather <laughs> have Alex Petrangelo no points or Jacob Chikrin no points? No, I'd rather have Chitron. I'm a big Chitron guy. Over yeah, here. me too. Jeez, now I know not to drop Chitron in the league. I'm <laughs> looking to drop Chitron in. Oh, you can't drop Chitron. Not in the keeper league. Still 20, 20 shots. He's owning my... He, had, he, has, 40, he has 44 shot attempts in, in six, six games. games. It's insane. I can't yeah. even yeah. start him. I would offer Petrangelo for Chitron right now for sure. Yeah, I, I think he's going to... I think Chitron's still going to score goals this year. Yeah, even though that team's dog shit, especially now with no Connor Timmins, he's going to play like 45 minutes a night. Yeah. Um... All right, so I did the Monday report. The listeners, the people already know who I'm looking to pick up. Let's really quickly, we've reached about the 75-minute mark of today's show. So in the next five minutes, D, we'll start with you. Why don't you give the people your three waiver wire pickups? And I know you guys did guys basically under 80% that you expect to be, you think should be 100. Uh, And then you guys did somebody under 50. You got it. And somebody under... 30? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Oh the barrel God. scrapers. Yeah. There you go. Um, oh, Let them have it. I'm going to start it off with a staple and friend of the show here, Oliver <laughs> Bajorkstrand. Um, obviously, we've been huge fans of Bajorkstrand for a number of years now. Uh, and I talked about him a lot at, coming into the season yep. uh, as a breakout candidate. And, you know, we, we talked about how he really, it, it's not like he needed to take a step forward in his game. He just needs to do what he's done the last few seasons now that it's a full 82 game season and do it over the full year. And I think people will start to realize how good of a player he is. And obviously, you know, he's off to a ridiculous start. He's got three goals, six assists, nine points in just six games. Um, yeah, it just looks phenomenal. 15 shots in those six games. Um, nothing you really can't say anything wrong about him right now that that top line uh, looks really really good in Columbus he's playing uh, in all the right situations getting a lot of power play time as well obviously you know been a little bit fortunate to have nine points in six games I, I again I, I don't think he's gonna be able to maintain that he's got an on a shooting percentage of 18.6 percent so far this year so no I in terms of breakout I don't think he's gonna be a 100 point player but certainly you know he carries dual wing eligibility in, in Yahoo uh, still just 73 percent owned so take a look because there is a decent chance that he's actually still available in your league uh, and yeah I really think he should just be owned in, yeah. in all leagues you can play him like I said at either wing spot uh, and I, I really think he's on. He's gonna have a, a the bare minimum a thirty thirty season this year. I like this segment because you guys do all the talking for once. Sure, but I can just come in with little tidbits of information. Do you have Columbus one? Columbus Blue Jackets. We <laughs> said it at the <laughs> start. Of, at the start of the season, this team is gonna be better. They're gonna score more goals. Yep. And so far, that has been exactly the case. You're not wrong. Bjorkstrand, Line A. Love it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, again, I just think he should be rostered in every single league uh, and worth a shout-out here. Um, I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's just getting better and better. And, uh, yeah, he's due for a big year. 
Uh, moving down under 50%, I got Kirby Doc on Ooh. the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, scored a pretty nifty goal tonight against my Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and we alluded to it a little bit when we were talking about Jonathan Taves earlier. Doc is just getting all uh, the prime minutes right now. Uh, Patty Kane currently uh, in COVID protocol, but uh, the two were playing on the top line together uh, the other night before he went out. Uh, and Doc is just getting a lot of minutes this year, uh, regardless of who he's playing with. But it's been one of Debrinkat or Kane. Um through the first uh, six games, which is really what you want now into the seventh game. But um, yeah, so he's got, uh, barring no more productions tonight, three goals, one assist, uh, four points through the first seven games of the season. Uh, like I said, he's playing over 18 minutes a night. Um, Corsi is looking really, really strong right now as well, really driving the play at 5v5, 60% on the year. Um, as you can guess, that's a pretty high relative Corsi on that team as well, 109 um, so they're creating a lot of chances and a lot of shooting opportunities at 5v5 when Doc's on the ice. Obviously, you know, like I said, he's got some premier um, linemates or should have premier linemates at his disposal for most of the season. And, uh, yeah, just another guy that we talked about as a breakout before the year, everything that we were hoping to see, um, he's shown us this far, and the coaching staff has rewarded him for it. So uh, I just think this guy is a, a star in the making, uh, and he's someone you're going to want to get in on early here because if he plays the full season alongside Patrick Kane, uh, he could reach that star status, I think, a lot sooner than expected. Oftentimes not used on power play one, so Jeremy Carlton might not be a power play wizard. There you go. That makes no sense. Um, but, yeah, he does get – obviously, he's been getting more time there. Uh, lately, because Taze but... rakes on face-offs. I mean, that helps. Yeah. Usually doesn't hurt. Uh, playing, more, playing more than Dylan Strom, I'll tell you that much. Oh, my God. He's Can you believe terrible. that? He's got scratched again tonight with Can't all skate. the AHLers they had in their, their lineup. Can't terrible. skate. Um, and then my uh, my barrel scraper it's is those little legs. <laughs> Remember that picture? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think we bring that up about five times a year. We post it's hilarious. Twitter. It's hilarious <laughs> every time. So legs. going from a twenty year old in Kirby Doc to a thirty six, soon to be thirty seven year old in Sir Dustin Brown. Um, <laughs> Sir knighted. Another guy that carries dual wing eligibility. He should be knighted at this point. He's Let's be aging. real. Two goals, three assists, five points in six games so far this season. 22 shots on goal in those six games for Dustin Brown. Uh, not out of the norm for him. Uh, just a, a category filler. I was actually really surprised to see him as low as 17% because he's great for shots leagues. He obviously bangs and he's great for hits leagues as well. The Really the main reason I like Dustin Brown is that Anzi Kopitar seems to be at peak Anzi Kopitar level this season. I think this might be the last great, great year we see out of Anzi Kopitar. We talked about a lot. Philip Deneau freeing up a lot of tough minutes for it's Anzi like Kopitar. It's like we pay attention to know what's going on. I know, right? And thought. The big, big beneficiary of that is going to be Dustin Brown. You just look back just a few years ago uh, when Kopitar had that big uh, career year. I think it was like 90, 91 points in 2718. Uh, you know, just maybe a little bit of coincidence. Also happened to be a career year for Dustin Brown. Even at the ripe old age of 33, he scored 28 goals and 33 assists for 61 points in 81 games. And again, that's what I think is possible here if Kopitar stays hot. Uh, Brown is not going to leave his side. They're both going to play a ton of minutes at 5v5. They're both going to play a lot of the power play. Again, dual wing eligibility fills up the shots category. Philly, if you're in a banger league, he's going to hit for you too. Uh, and I think, you know, he's got a real shot at being around a 30, 30 pace this year. If Kopitar's start uh, is anything or is any sort of indication, like we, again, expecting him to be a lot more offensively involved this year. And I think Brown is going to be a big beneficiary of that as well. So should definitely be more owned than he is. Yeah. We talked about uh, Arvidsson at the start of the season as a big time sleeper, big time bounce back candidate as well. Same thing's going for him. 
Um, but yeah, Brown is a guy that's always had just tremendous, tremendous shot volume, and the usage is, is he's always earned the trust of the coaching staff. Yeah, well, he's always out there in the right situations, and, as you as you mentioned, and uh, uh, offensive zone start percentage is up eight percent for Andre Kopitar. Yeah, and again, obviously the arrival of Philip Deneau has everything to do with that. Um, and, and yeah, just a really useful player that you can plug in um, to your fantasy team. And he's great because he's always has short-term value as well because you could pick him up. He's always going to be a good streaming option. You know he's going to be playing on the first line and the first power play. So I think he's a great guy that you can pick up for you know the next week or so. And like I said, he's going to be getting great opportunity. See how he does. And if not, you can, like I said, free the spot up to, to stream other players. But uh, yeah, really great because like I said, he's always going to have short-term value. And I do think there's a chance that he's worth owning for the season as well. Um, Beebs, if I could just jump in here really quick speaking of scraping the bottom of the barrel and i'm talking scrape that barrel the literal bottom um and sticking with the la kings matt roy one percent owned that is a shout drew doughty out for at least eight weeks sean walker out for the year um (laughs) matt roy played 28 45 in st louis the other night holy shit drew doughty out so drew doughty was already out walker got hurt in the game so he's never gonna play 28 minutes right but He's well over. He's been well over twenty in each of the la- or over twenty one in each of the last three games. Um, he is on power play one with Doughty out. He has four one five shots in his last three games. Uh, so yeah, I, I, in super deep leagues, even in not deep leagues, if you're somebody that just kind of is is, is in dire need for a power play quarterback, uh, a power play you know a, a defenseman that is going to be on the top power play unit, Matt Roy, super deep. He's available in literally almost every league. So. Uh, and, and we'll chip in with you know with hits and, and, and all that as well. Oh my God, the Red Wings are real. They just beat Washington. Washington's first loss, I believe. Um, but uh, good? while we're popping off about LA Kings, I might as well just jump on that train because my below eighty. Uh, super quick shout out. Actually, I'll do my quick shout out after because he's not on the Kings. But while we're below eighty, Victor Arvidsson, fifty-four percent owned. Um, Brock absolutely loves this one because it's his boy. But um, if we're going to talk about shots on goal, 25 shots on goal in his first six games. Looks like he's attached that hip of Anze with D's boy, Dusty Brown. It's a dirty little line they got going there. And uh, Arvidsson hasn't hasn't really begun to pop off yet, so that's why I think he's still only 54% owned. And uh, for those counting at home, 25 shots on net. One goal so far this year. That's not a very good shot shooting percentage. That's definitely going to go up. Playing power play one, line one, has three assists in those six games. It's someone who I definitely expect to put up better points than what he's done so far. But uh, someone who should be a little bit more owned than only 54% owned in all these. And then uh, I mentioned I was going to give a super quick shout out to someone. Jesse Puyarvi, 78% owned. I believe this guy should be in the 90s while he's attached to the hip of Connor. It just... We've talked about the winger that Connor needs for years, and 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 we bring this up. We've brought it up in a few episodes, so not to go too hard at it, but this just seems to be the the connection that he's going to have, and and this is the guy who's going to be with Zach him. Zach Hyman so. looks terrific. Zach Hyman also does. So so it's, things look really good there. It's it's almost like reminiscent of the Crosby Kunitz Dupuis line in a way. Um, it just it just feels a lot like that, but a little bit better. Um, NPRV two goals, six assists. In the first five, it's actually games. a good show. It's good for it's a good show. It's good, it's good for eight points in five games. Um, it honestly is that line. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's bad. like the new the new version of that. Um, but then yeah, we'll go back down below fifty percent. I'm a little I'm a little scared to mention this guy because Brock uh, Brock didn't love it earlier. Chandler Stevenson only forty four percent owned. The reason I like him, it's just 
right now it's the opportunity. The minutes, the minutes are massive. He's playing above 20 every game. Three goals, three assists in six games. That's good for a point a game. If you can get that at the bottom of your lineup, it's really nice to have. If you don't have plus minus, it's that much better. Um, the worst part really is his shooting. He, he doesn't get the puck on net a lot, but he is a definite pass first and actually pass second guy. The third option is a shot for him always. Playing line two, power play one, but uh, out in Vegas, we know that it's that Carlson line's kind of just a line there, and then whatever Chandler Stevenson gets thrown at him, which right now it's Keegan Colser, as Brock mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah, not, not, the greatest, uh, not the greatest addition, but, um, but definitely someone to look at. And, uh, and then we mentioned earlier Mike Hoffman, 37% owned. It's someone who definitely to keep an eye on. Pretty much a, a lock for 30 goals every year for the last, I want to say, eight-odd years. Um, Has to be, like, the most underrated player in absolutely. the league. Absolutely. He's, he's just a tremendous goal scorer. But 37% actually kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, these guys have a lot, lot more respect than 37%. I just never thought I'd see that with Mike Hoffman still Honestly, that's up, on a power play. That's up a little on bit. A first I, gave, line. I think I gave him a shout on Monday. And he was 27%. Absolutely, yeah. Um, he's up 10%. Because he scored, a couple, he scored in two straight games, and he just, he's just he got nine shots in four games. That's over two a game. We enjoy that type of production. Mike Hoffman, definitely a shout-out we got to look at. And then, uh, really quick, someone, if we're going to shit on, on Philip Peronik, Mo Cedar's still only 33% yeah. owned. Got to bring that up. As we were watching Brock's team just win Lucas there. Lucas Raymond got another assist. Yeah, so did Cedar, because he was on, I believe he was on the ice oh for God. that threesome. So it's Larkin, Cider to Raymond to Larkin, yeah. um, which is everything just I've ever yeah, dreamed. I gotta of. pull Brock away from the mic, or you guys are gonna hear some crazy. Noises. It actually was. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, if, if they're playing him right off the bat, no T. That's you know we just saw it. That's a free point. He's their um, best defenseman. Yeah. He is he the is, power play one quarterback, yeah. and Hronik's more owned than him. So yeah. No, he's everything that that yeah. I could ever hope for. Yeah. But under thirty percent. Um, this one's actually crazy. I never thought we'd be talking about another Dahlin on the in, in the show, but Jonathan Dahlin, Dahlin, <laughs> Dahlin. I don't know how to say it. I'm just butchering names tonight. Nine percent owned out in San Jose. That's that's pretty low. I'm gonna drop some numbers on you guys. Uh, three goals, two assists in six games. Playing power play one and line one, which is actually crazy. Still nine percent. Eighteen shots on net in six games. That's good for three a game. We love that center right wing eligibility. This is the NHL just needs a guy that signs a one year contract that's way over the age of every other rookie that plays incredibly well. And uh, last year was Kaprizov, and this is the Walmart version of it this year. At 9% on, though, Jonathan Dolan is definitely worth a peek. He's got two game winning goals, which, if you're playing a league that has that, that helps a ton. Um, it's just, it, it's someone who just, you need to keep an eye on him. playing with Couture and Meyer. It, it's a, it's a dangerous top line there. We've been popping off about him all episode. And, uh, the fact that we've been popping off about him and not mentioning, um, Dolan is just, uh, is, you know, we, we got to give him some credit he, here. So he was traded for Alex Xander Burroughs. So he must be good. That was the trade. eh? Yeah. One for one. We got a one. That for was one. one. That was one. He went from Ottawa to Vancouver. Um, um and then he was traded in 2019 to uh, the Sharks. I can't remember who damn, it was for. No Nobody. For the boy. But uh, shoots a lot though. And he we, had and ton, we love that. He had two massive years in Sweden each of the last two years, and and it pretty highly touted prospects. So he's he's fit in pretty seamlessly there. Yeah. Um, I, I I know that I I've already mentioned guys uh, at the start of the week, but I I can't stop talking. Um, you mentioned Vegas. I I think that if you look at William Carlson. Uh, 57% owned. I think that that top line is playing so many minutes right now with everybody injured. William Carlson 
and uh, Riley Smith both were shouts. Also, when we did our Around the League episode, we talked about every single team. The Buffalo Sabres, you can't say enough good things about what they've done thus no, far. It's impressive. Um, and if you listen to my daily fantasy show every time the Buffalo Sabres have played, I've actually been extremely high in playing them in DFS a lot. I know they burned you on Saturday, D. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> um, but Victor Olsen looks terrific. He has 17 shots. He's playing 17 minutes a night. He's only 20% owned. And if you need to go real deep into the barrel, his line mate, Tage Thompson, has been... He was Tager. the guy... He was the guy I mentioned in the Buffalo segment of the, the Around the League show uh, a couple weeks or last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, just 2% owned. He's been off to a terrific start. He's got 21 shots to lead the Sabres in shots. So he's been really, really good. Um, and then honestly, you just mentioned Darlene. You spelt, you said it a little incorrectly, but the actual Darlene at 58% owned, I think is somebody that's flying way under the radar as well. Almost 23 minutes a night, only two assists thus far, but this team has looked really solid. Like they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're, they look, they look good enough. Yeah. Um, and the top six is, is yeah, good enough to put the puck the in the net. So anyways, that is going to do it for C, Season 7, Episode 10 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I am your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, the boys, Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Beebs Bondi. We'll see you guys back here. I will see you guys back here on Monday. These boys will see you back here next week. That became an extended epo. Peace. 90 minutes is what we do best. I love peace, it. Peace, 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 <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.